Welcome to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. This series is designed to introduce students to different career options that are in demand and share the path each practitioner has taken to arrive in their current position. Basically, I've always been interested in math, and my mom is a bookkeeper. And so kind of early on, from as early as 12, I decided bookkeeping and accounting, that was kind of the way I was going to go. And she happened to have an opening one summer when I was 14. Someone had left, and she needed someone to fill in. So I decided I'd take it on. And that summer, I spent pouring over balance sheets manually, balancing all the columns and figuring everything was in place. And I kind of got a bug for it then, and it's been a passion ever since. Hello, this is Felicia Gopal from the College Funding Resource, and this is the Career 100 Podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us, and I am really excited to have our guest today. Today's guest is going to be, again, bringing you one of the top 100 careers, but this is something that I actually have some experience with. Not only have I hired my own bookkeeper, but I have served as a bookkeeper in jobs past. Some of you may know that in the past I worked as an accountant, and then I made the transition into financial services and college planning. And today's guest is going to be talking to us about the bookkeeping profession. The number of individuals who hold bookkeeping degrees in U.S. is about 2 million people as of 2009. They're employed in almost every industry and they do a number of different things, which is rewarding both professionally and financially. Most of the people who work in the bookkeeping profession work for small and mid-sized companies and they handle various financial issues. In the United States, a uh, high school diploma is the minimum requirement to become a bookkeeper. However, today's guest is from Canada and we'll see how that differs. In recent years, a lot of people have been pursuing degrees in bookkeeping, but that is not a requirement, as our guests will share with you, in order to be a bookkeeper. Most of the people that I know who have been bookkeepers have kind of grown up in accounting field and transferred those skills and background to being a bookkeeper, and we'll see if that's the case for today's guest. Today's guest is Eric Matthews, who's a bookkeeper from Lethbridge in Alberta, Canada. His company, That Bookkeeper, helps solo entrepreneurs and small teams get the most out of their business through bookkeeping and consulting and tax preparation services. Eric, it's my pleasure to welcome you to today's podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here. So let me ask you, you say on your website that you've been doing bookkeeping for about since you were 14 years old, which seems a little right. young. So tell me about the journey about how you became a bookkeeper. Sure, absolutely. Basically, I've always been interested in math and my mom's a bookkeeper. And so it was kind of early on, from as early as 12, I decided, you know, bookkeeping or accounting, that was kind of the way I was going to go. And she happened to have an opening one summer when I was 14. Someone had left and she needed someone to fill in. So I decided I'd take it on. And so that summer I spent uh, pouring over balance sheets manually, balancing all the columns and figuring everything was in, in place. And I kind of got a bug for it then. It's been a passion ever since. Well, you know, one of the things that is true for me is you and I have very similar backgrounds in that my father worked as an accountant, and when I was trying to make the determination about what I was going to do in life, he said, you know, accountants are people who will always be employed. People always need to have their books balanced. People always need to have 
their numbers crunch. And for the first 10 years after I graduated from college, that's exactly what I did. I worked as an accountant. I've made the transition to being a solo entrepreneur and into the college planning aspect of it. But the skills that I learned during those times were invaluable. And even though I have the skills, I still employ a bookkeeper. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, it's not for everyone, but it's if you have a real passion for those numbers and that's kind of your focus, it's an amazing job to have because you get to work with a lot of different people and you get to really take on the challenges of every business. So, I mean, I get to basically, a bit vicariously, I suppose, but work through all these different professions and learn how they work, learn how each company operates and succeeds and fails, and uh, it certainly brings a lot of experience back for myself as well and how I implement that with my own business. So, you know, it's a, it's been a great experience so far. Perfect. So what sorts of problems does a bookkeeper solve or what sorts of uh, situations, problems in people's businesses do they bring to a bookkeeper to help them fix? It's so varied. It just depends on, I guess, on your focus. It certainly also depends on the type of companies you work with. So uh, anything from just the very basic making sure that all of the money coming in and going out is accounted for. And so that way, you know, if they have a question of, you know, how much did I spend on advertising last month? Um, Is the company profitable? How are we doing compared to last year? Those kind of things are certainly the most common. But then there's other aspects that you can encounter depending on the business. You know, how should I go forward? How should I uh, plan the way we spend money in the future? Is there a different way we should be spending on advertising? Should we focus our our attention in a different area. It's varied with every company, which is why I really love it, because you get to work with so many different scenarios and really figure out the best way to help them out. And there's some businesses that I do completely full service. So I run the deposits to the bank. You know, I input everything. I uh, call vendors. I call customers. I follow up with people. And some, basically, I just meet with them once a year or once a quarter. And just go over the numbers, make sure they're ready for tax time. So each one's a little different. Absolutely. So are there common myths or misconceptions about being a bookkeeper? There are. I mean, I guess the one would be that it's incredibly boring work. So <laughs> that's certainly one common misconception. And I mean, it, it's actually quite varied what I do day to day. The other thing that I've, I've run into, at least in Canada, I'm not sure if this is the case in the States, Bookkeeper is very synonymous with taxes, and that's actually not usually the case. Most of the time, your taxes are going to get done by your accountants, and so the bookkeeper usually gets things prepared, so I make sure the books are in order and sent off to the accountant, but it's not as common that bookkeeper is synonymous with taxes. So I think that's one thing people often think when they hear bookkeeper, oh, okay, well, can you help me with my taxes? And in my case, I do, but I think a lot of bookkeepers don't. And so that's one thing that certainly people maybe are misinformed about, I guess. Okay. So, you know, that is a misconception that I believe people do have, both in the U.S. and in Canada, that the bookkeeper will help them with their taxes. I think you will help them be prepared for their taxes in the U.S., has been my experience with the bookkeepers that I know and have worked with, but they're not the people that I usually would go to at the end game when it's time to file my taxes. I'm usually going with a CPA or some sort of accounting firm to file the long-term taxes. So I think that that is a common misconception both in Canada and in the U.S. And I mean, it's certainly, it depends on the company too. Sole proprietors, people who are just doing things solo, 
I, I handle all of those taxes for all of my clients in that case. Certain small corporations, if the complexity of their tax situation is fairly minor, I handle those as well. But yeah, I mean, the basic thing is you want the right person for the right job. And so in the cases where I am the right person, I certainly take over and I handle the taxes for them. But when I can tell that it's going to be a bit more complicated and they could really use the services of an expert in that field, then that's certainly where I suggest to them, okay, well, I'll get these ready for you. We'll find someone perfect for this to, to hand that off to. And then, you know, the, the work's getting done the right way. Well, I think that's the mark of a professional. A professional knows, you know, what they're capable of and they're comfortable passing the job off to somebody who is really the expert in a particular profession. And I think that that's the reason and the key to this series is I'm only talking with people who are professional and would have that kind of sense of themselves that, you know, this is something I'm capable of doing and this is not something that I'm capable of doing. And they really don't try and stick outside the scope, especially since, as you said, in the bookkeeping profession in particular, you work with all sorts of different types of people, so you see different types of complexity, and so you can get your variety, if you will, from the types of customers that you work with as opposed to needing to go outside of your scope and expertise. Exactly. Oh, absolutely, yeah, because, I mean, there's, there's just so much, well, I would love to be able to know every aspect and be able to handle everything from start to finish. It's not the most efficient way to do things, and it's certainly not the best solution for the business either. So we try to make sure we find a solution that you know, gets their business handled in the best way possible. Perfect. So is there a particular career structure working as a bookkeeper? Do you start as a bookkeeper and go? Is there a junior bookkeeper? Is there some sort of education that is necessary to become a bookkeeper? Here in the United States, really, uh, while there is increasingly places that you can go, oftentimes online, to get a bookkeeping degree generally the requirement is experience as well as graduating from high school. Is that the same case in Canada? It is. I mean, I guess certainly evidenced by the fact that I was 14 years old. <laughs> no, it's a strange thing because I think in most other professions, there's a bit of an arc to it. So, I mean, you have a, a certain degree gets you this job and a higher one gets you the next level. So there's quite a gap. And basically you can technically just start from zero and start doing books for somebody. Whereas, you know, the next logical step is accountant, and that's, I'm sure you're aware, lots of years. I mean, that's a, you know, you're looking at bachelor's plus master's degree level in terms of the time of education you're, you're going through to get that degree. So it's a strange situation, but I mean, the main thing is experience. And I guess anyone could start being a bookkeeper. Very few would want to keep doing it if they didn't know what they were doing. So you get a lot of on-the-job training. For me, I just it's always been self-taught. So if there's a new software program out, I go out and learn it. If there's some new situations in the industry where things are being recorded differently, I go out and learn it. And just, you know, like I said, the experience of working with all these different types of businesses really trains you, you know, on the job in this sense. So there are some elective associations you can belong to. You know, there are professional bookkeeper associations in Canada, as I'm sure there are in the U.S. as well. And you can join those, and there are some certification programs involved with that. But they're completely you know, elective things. At that point, I think it's more for advertising purposes to be able to say that I have this designation, whereas you, know, you could still do this without having those things in place. So. I get that. You know, I mean, I'm a proponent, a large proponent of being the type of person who 
learns what you need to and being a lifelong learner. I think that that's really kind of, in my mind, that's the mark of a professional. So if there's a new something that you need to learn, you just go out and learn it, not expecting that somebody's going to tell you you need to have this. You've just got to have the self-initiative to go out and learn it, start to apply it in your business. And for me, that's something that I think is critical and something that I have often talked to the youth and the people who listen to this podcast about is it's really important in this day and age that you just be a lifelong learner. If you are not a lifelong learner, you're going to put yourself out of business. Even if it's not today, it's going to be in the future just because you don't know what it is that people want you to know in order to work in your profession. Absolutely. And I mean, things are changing. So I mean, especially in the last five years, probably every industry with just a proliferation of things going online, software is changing, the way I communicate with my clients is changing. I would have been working on big pieces of paper and a very old computer system and faxing back and forth between clients in the past. Whereas now, a lot of the times, most of my clients have never met face to face. And certainly, you know, only had limited interaction over the phone. It's very different now. So being able to keep up with these trends, keep up with the changes in software and in in hardware and everything else really puts me at an advantage compared to the other people out there. And it's important to keep learning, to keep pushing yourself, to keep learning that next thing that you didn't know. And you may not use it right away. It may not be, it may be five years before you learn that, you use that skill with a client, but when you're there, you'll be ready for it. So I think it's really important to be able to keep doing that. Absolutely. So if you had the opportunity to talk to a young Eric and give him advice about your industry, what advice would you give yourself if you had the opportunity to go back and talk to a 14-year-old Eric? What advice would you share with him about your industry based on what you know now? I think the main thing I would go back and say is just to be more brave about the way you go out and do this business. In the past, I always had a a quote-unquote job. So I was an employee with a company as the bookkeeper there. And so, I mean, I'd always have these clients as side projects to be able to do things after the nine to five was done. And I think the main thing I would, you know, impart to myself, I guess, would be to go out there and start doing this sooner, you know, to go out and start that business and to start doing things on your own sooner. It's a safety net to be able to have that nine to five. And for some people, it's an amazing thing to have. But I think really to be able to grow the business the way I want to grow mine it's really important just to get out there and to start taking risks and start doing things you wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable doing. Uh, Bookkeepers by nature usually aren't particularly extroverted. So, I mean, the idea of just being able to be in a desk in the back room, you know, hidden away is comforting. But to be able to put yourself out there and start marketing yourself and building that business would be something I would definitely tell myself to get at sooner. You know, it's funny because I completely agree with that. I completely agree with that because oftentimes, you know, the difference between the income that you're capable of making when somebody else pays you versus what you are capable of making if you go out in your business are is really can be exponential. And I'm a big proponent of entrepreneurism, but I do recognize that not everybody is meant to do it. But for those people who are comfortable with taking the risks, comfortable with their paycheck being 
dictated by how well that they market and get out there and get known. You know, there is nothing like entrepreneurship in the world. And the fact that you can do so many different things, as you've probably seen in your bookkeeping profession, is remarkable. The ways that people make money is remarkable because it often is a factor of how creative they are as opposed to whatever dictates a boss would give you. Right. Absolutely. I mean, the main thing to recognize is that it is terrifying for the first, you know, X amount of days and weeks, months. I mean, it really is because you're just kind of throwing yourself out there, you know, most times just kind of from zero and you're building everything from the ground up. And so if you're kind of doing this in the dark, you're hoping you're doing it the right way. You're hoping that the groundwork you're doing is going to turn into something big in the future, but you just don't know. So, I mean, kind of sticking your neck out there and just giving it a shot and really putting your all into it. And yeah, the risk is certainly there, and the upfront cost is certainly high, but the reward is certainly worth all the effort, absolutely. Well, I think the, the one thing that is true for most people who go the entrepreneurial route is we're an optimistic group as people, <laughs> you know, and I think the benefit of working in a job first before you go out and start your entrepreneurial efforts is the fact that you can see opportunities and gaps that other people don't see and you can see what people are doing well and are not doing well so that you can incorporate all of those things into your business but the reality is that it's only in the doing of the business that you really get to see all the pieces because even as somebody who's worked in accountant and filled out and did people's, you know, all the various different things, the GL, the Mm -hmm. accounts payable, the accounts receivable, all the rest of that. You don't really kind of get the same sense of it when you are just doing that in that role, as opposed to when it is all dependent upon you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of similar to being at training camp for, you know, the NFL or, or the NBA versus actually being in a game, you know, in prime time. The groundwork is very important, and I think, I mean, absolutely, all of the jobs I did as an employee gave me that fundamental knowledge of how to do the different compartments of it, to be able to do the receivables, the payables, the payroll, the, the GL entries, all those things. You got the groundwork of it. And, I mean, you got a bit of a safety net to be able to make some mistakes and learn along the way because you had that paycheck that was coming every you know week, two weeks, month. But then, yeah, once you then branch out and go it on your own, you have those fundamentals in place. You have that knowledge you needed. But then yeah, turning it into being able to have to see the full picture is certainly a very different experience. But it, having that groundwork certainly helps. But it's a whole different ballgame when you're handling A to Z, plus you know marketing yourself, plus handling your own bookkeeping and things like that as well. So no, it's, it's certainly a challenge, but a rewarding one, certainly. Absolutely. So what gets you up in the morning to serve your clients? I love problem solving. And so, I mean, there's some selfish reasons why I get up and do this, and there's some more altruistic reasons. The selfish ones are I love solving problems. So I see a client come to me and say, I can't figure out why this isn't working, or we sold a lot more than we did last year. Why is the money not doing better? So, I mean, I love solving those problems for people and finding out the way to do that. But otherwise, though, I mean, I also love seeing the relief on their faces when I get to take that pressure off of them. A lot of people, excuse me, are starting out from from scratch online, and they have a knowledge of what they do. 
you know, I don't know if you've read the e-myth, but, you know, you have, like, you do that particular profession while you're a plumber or you're an uh, electrician. You do that well. And so you decide, well, if I can do that well, I can make my own business and do it by myself. And there's certainly some things where they run into that they weren't expecting to have to deal with. And so when I can come in there and take some of that pressure off and just say, you know, go ahead, go do what you are passionate about. I'll take care of this aspect of it so you don't have to worry about it anymore. It's a great feeling to be able to see them succeed while I succeed at the same time. It's a great feeling to do that. Excellent. So what keeps you up at night then? <laughs> All the problems I'm trying to solve. <laughs> the blessing and the curse of that is that my brain's always trying to solve them. So if someone is trying to figure out, you know, I can't figure out why things aren't going well or the business isn't succeeding the way I hoped it would or I'm just starting out and I'm completely lost in how to do this. You know, my mind doesn't like to let those things go until they're solved. So, I mean, that's the thing. I How can I fix this for them tomorrow? How can I make my own operation more efficient? How can I get things done, you know, from 9 to 5? Or, you know, I mean, as an entrepreneur, 9 to 9, 8 to 6, 3 to 4. I mean, you never know. So you have to find a way to make whatever you do as efficient as possible while also, you know, solving the problems for the clients. I mean, that's always in the back of my head, trying to run through those scenarios to figure out how to do the next thing and how to do the next thing better than I did it last time. Absolutely. I think we all, as entrepreneurs, struggle with that. Absolutely. You know, we all are up at night trying to solve problems, either grow the business, see why the business is stagnating, you know, new opportunities kind of come our way. We're trying to figure out whether or not it makes sense given what we're already up to, you know, and the the reality is time is limited. So you've got to make choices. And sometimes you hope that the choice that you just declined is not going to be the one that, you know, somebody else is going to take, and, you know, billions of dollars and be the next, you know, person on the Forbes list. So it's kind of one of those things that you just have to sometimes make a decision and just know that I've made a decision and I'm moving on and not let it bother you that you've made the decision that you've made because the reality is you can always unmake the decision at some other point in your life. That's true. And I mean, the thing is you have to keep making the decisions because I mean, it's with a lot of different professions, especially when you're doing this all by yourself, there are a myriad options out there for you to decide. You can do a million different things. And if you just sit there and try to analyze each one forever, you'll never get anything done. So, I mean, you have to eventually just pull the trigger and say, this is where I'm going. This is the path I'm taking. If it turns out to be the wrong path, I can turn around and go on a different one. I'm going forward with the knowledge I have and the the faith I have that this is the right decision. And then you just go from there and, you know, hope for the best. No, I understand. So let me ask you, what changes are going on in your industry that somebody who is considering the bookkeeping profession needs to be aware of? I think this is the same with every industry now, but just everything is going online now. I mean, it has been for a while, but I think the bookkeeping side of things has been a bit slower to to adopt. Obviously, if you are into, you know, if you sold computers for a living or if you were in the cell phone industry, you know, your industries were moving forward quickly in that area already. Bookkeeping has been, we're a cautious breed, I suppose. So you hold on to the traditions and the the way you always did things as long as you can. But more and more of my clients are interested in doing everything online, you know, from communication to banking to invoicing their customers to paying their bills. Everything is going online. So to have me sitting with a copy of a software program on one computer that I only 
can get access to doesn't work anymore. If I have a client that is literally across the country from me or in a different country from me, you know, having the ability to work with them online collaboratively is so important right now. And so more and more you're seeing now different companies opening up different bookkeeping software applications and services that serve our industry. And it's been just a wealth of options in the last couple of years. And the, the nice thing with that is they don't have to tailor to everybody. You know, a traditional desktop software program like QuickBooks or Simply Accounting or whatever, they had to be a little bit for everybody. They had to be able to take care of any industry. But the thing online I'm noticing is a lot of these applications are very tailored to a specific, you know, you are a sole proprietor in a service industry. This is perfect for you. If you do any of these other things, we're not for you. And the, the other one will pick up the slack for them somewhere else. So that's the big thing is just keeping up on the new software available to people now to be able to do everything online and collaborate without having to be tied down to that old system anymore. Wouldn't then also a challenge that is not necessarily specific to your industry, but really having your software talk to other parts of your business, I would think that that would be something that would also be changing in the bookkeeping industry. It is, yeah. I mean, everything is piecing together, too. You used to have everything all in one central system, and you had your one accounting software that talked to the industry standard office suite of applications, it was very simple. That's what you did. But now, I mean, it would be nice for me to be able to just say, here are the software programs I use and say, here, new client, this is what you're going to use too. And it's just not the case anymore. You can't really structure yourself in that way and not be flexible. They may have a totally different way of communicating, a totally different way of saving their files online or transferring files to you or invoicing their clients. And you have to really adapt to that and build a system almost from scratch, really, that's going to work just with them. And so being able to kind of network all of those little bits and pieces together into something cohesive is really important. And uh, it's tricky sometimes, but it's very rewarding to be able to find that right balance because it's so much more tailored to the individual that way. You know, the specialization of software is something that I've definitely been noticing. You know, the applications are kind of talking to each other. But I had really never thought about it from the bookkeeper side, whereas, you know, I might be using QuickBooks or QuickBooks Pro. Somebody else might be using, you know, Fresh Invoice and somebody else might be using, you know. I mean, there's like all of these various different things. And so it's your job to kind of be able to navigate all of those things to serve each and every one of your customers because we're getting to the point where we really just expect you to make the change as opposed to, you know, 10, 15 years ago when I used to do accounting. It was more along the lines of the accounting really kind of dictated how people were going to use them, whereas now the balance of power seems to be shifting more towards the individuals and how they want to work. It has, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, when I started out, too, it was just, well, I mean, when I started out, it was paper-based usually. But, um, I mean, really, yeah, it was one software program, and you told the client, this is what we're using. This is what you're going to have to work around. And they had to adapt. They had to either learn a really complicated piece of accounting software, or they had to hire someone who could be the go-between for that. And yet, nowadays, it's basically the client comes to me and says, this is my situation. This is what I'd like to work with. 
can you figure out a way to have this all work together? And so that's my challenge is to try to find a way to figure that out for them so we can get that to work. And I mean, then there's the other part of the equation, which is then the account, because a lot of times they'll have an account that's established with them that still has that system where they want to work with, you know, QuickBooks or whatever it is they use. And it's not as easy as an accountant, I don't think, to just kind of piecemeal things together. They have a very structured system in place to keep things going smoothly and compliant and all these other things I need to worry about. So it's my job then to try to find a way to bridge the gap and let the client use whatever they want that's easiest for them to use day to day, but then bridge that data back to the account so they can get what they need to get out of it and get taxes filed on time and everything, all the financials done on time. All right. So let me ask you, why do you think that being a bookkeeper is on the list of the top 100 careers for the next decade? I think the main thing is there are so many small businesses cropping up now. People are either changing jobs or they're deciding to go out on their own. Or, I mean, with the way employment has gone, a lot of people are, are certainly losing jobs and, and trying to figure out a different way to do this. And the thing is that the nice guarantee for a bookkeeper is every business needs one. You know, regardless of if you're, you have a hot dog stand on the street or you have a 20-person team running a construction company or you're doing retail sales at the mall, you need a bookkeeper at some point. So, I mean, the more small businesses that crop up, the more people that are having even just side projects. You know, I have a nine-to-five, but I have the side project I do on the weekends. You need to have those records accounted for somehow. So there's always going to be a need for a bookkeeper, regardless of how simple the software gets. You know, a lot of times it's easy enough for a client that's never done this before to keep track of the majority of it. But there's still at some point in that equation they're going to need to translate that to a tax return or to translate that to the accountant. So, I mean, there's always going to be a need for us, which is uh, certainly a nice security. Absolutely. So do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us, Eric? I think for people who are kind of looking into this to try and decide if you're just wanting to decide to be a bookkeeper or if you're maybe going on and eventually going through school to become an accountant, go out there and get a job doing this right away. Either way, you can learn it in books and you can study these things, which is very important to have that knowledge and that fundamental understanding. But just getting out there and just doing it, even just doing your own. You know, if you have a small business or your family does, work with them and just get that experience because it's so important to get out there and learn this. And go try out new software you've never tried before. If you're serious about getting into bookkeeping, go try out an online invoicing application. Go try out a, a new banking application you've never seen before because there's a good chance that a client you meet down the road is already using that and wants to find someone who is aware of that and knows how to use that properly. So just constantly training yourself, constantly getting out there and learning new things is so important. All right. So thank you very much for everything that you've shared with me. If people were interested in learning a little bit more about you, Eric, how would they reach you? Sure. I mean, the best place is just to go to the site. So thatbookkeeper.com is my kind of central hub on the internet. That's where I do the blog. That's where I have information. And from there, you can find where else you can find me. So you can find me on Twitter, on Facebook, pretty much any social network out there that a bookkeeper might be on. That's where I'm going to be. And it's that bookkeeper anywhere you go. That's where you'll find me. So, 
All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It's been really great learning a little bit more about your profession, finding out that basically there's a lot of overlap between what a bookkeeper does, and it's a lot more extensive than I've ever really thought about. And I thank you for sharing that information. Absolutely. It's been great talking to you today. I really appreciate the time. All right. So I want to thank my listeners for listening to this edition of the Career 100 podcast. I ask that if you have gotten benefit from it, and I'm sure that you have, I ask you to go in and rate our channel in iTunes. And if you want to learn more about the college funding in general, you can visit our website at College Funding Resource. As you know, I will include links to Eric's site in our show notes. And I thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Career 100 podcast. We hope you'll join us again for our next podcast, where we'll continue to interview experts in the top 100 careers for 2011, giving you the insider's view of their chosen profession. If you'd like more information about planning and saving for college and to instantly download your free copy of College Funding Resources Report, five strategies that parents need to start using today to cut their college costs tomorrow, visit www.collegefundingresource.com. That's www.collegefundingresource.com. This is Kathy Davis for the Career 100 Podcast.